independent, expressive of a spirit of independence, self-confident, unconstrained. Good evening and welcome to Independence Day. It's great to be back. This is the show that examines the changing face of the music business and the people who are doing the changing. Independence Day brings you independent artists, producers, and music industry visionaries with in-depth interviews, live performances, and inside information without hype and direct from the artists who practice their craft. Tonight on Independence Day, Jess Penner. Once upon a time, musicians and songwriters shied away from having their music associated with a product or service in a television commercial. Remember the revolutionary uproar about Nike using a Beatles song to sell running shoes in 1987? Some major artists still hold fast like a bulwark for what they perceive to be artistic integrity. After all, it's easy for Bruce Springsteen to turn down Ford or Chevrolet. He doesn't need the money. But things have changed, especially for new artists. With the decline of things like artist development at record labels and plummeting record sales in the rising tide of digital downloading, artists have had to innovate and find new revenue streams. Singer-songwriter Jess Penner exemplifies this new approach with style, rectitude, and heart. Her solo music is a pleasing mashup of folk and quirky electronic pop, and from her studio in her home, her catchy songs have found their way into more television programs, advertisements, and movies than I have time to list. But Penner isn't just a shill trying to sell you something. Her songs sound good on TV because they're joyous, they're catchy, they're smartly penned, and they're sung with her sweet and youthful voice. Welcome to Independence Day, Jess Penner. Thank you for having me. It is an absolute pleasure. And I know you because we know Andrea Hamilton, That's who is right, also yeah. an Independence Day artist. A shout out to her. We had her on just a few weeks ago. She is excellent, and you're excellent as well. I'm so much looking forward to hearing you play some tunes. But in the meantime, like you've got so much going on in music I, right now. You've got this big campaign. Tell me about, the, you were talking about this the other day, this right. big campaign. Because you, so much of what you do is... TV-centric and movie-centric. Yeah, it's really interesting. I mean, um, I definitely take a different approach to making a record. My thought process is tailored to um, writing songs that I feel like have a place that can be used. And for me, that's like a really exciting target to hit. I think um, I work really well with limitations and boundaries. So like if someone tells me they need a song that's got energy that has the word pork in it well that's gonna be difficult but (laughs) or or like you know some kind of sentiment like we need a song that just captures like jealousy or we need like Uh um, then it's really inspiring for me to try to write a song that fits what they're looking for so a lot of times I mean I do write I do write from my heart I write songs that I need to express um, from a deep place but then a lot of times when I'm writing a record it's like do I have a song that could sell paint yeah. Do I have that? No, I don't. Okay, I'm going to write a song that could sell paint or makeup, or I, I'm going to write a song that could sell a vacation. Yeah. You know? It's a special skill, and it allows you as an artist, as a writer, to actually kind of push yourself. Mm-hmm. Because if you, you know, I know I've got my pet topics when I'm writing. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, I can write about brokenhearted music and it's like summer and dogs all day long. <laughs> but, you know, you have to push yourself into other avenues, and I think it's a good way to do it and right. get paid to yeah. do it. Yeah, definitely. You know? And I always try to uh, make the songs personal and make them art. I mean, it's like I don't just want to write a jingle. I don't want to write a song. And and a lot of times, like, they're pitches. So I don't want to write a song that I'm going to pitch to a company. If they don't like it, then I just wasted a bunch of time. You know what I mean? I'm going to write a song that I'm proud of as an artist that expresses me in a way that's truthful, that I um, am proud to to, uh, share with people. And if it works, great. If it doesn't, then I have another great song that works on my record. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how, I mean, at this point, I mean, we're going to talk about how you got into this mm-hmm. in just a little while here. But, you know, for, for the for the surface port here, part here, um, are you, at this point in your career, I mean, are you being commissioned by companies to write a song about paint? Or is it like, are you still at the point where you just write some songs and then you pitch it to someone else through an intermediary. Like, well, I wouldn't say that I've that I've been commissioned, but I have seen my relationships with companies evolve into custom work. Okay. So I think that's the best way to describe it. Like, um, um, like a good example is like I pitched for a Disney commercial and a Disneyland commercial, and they had specific lyrics that they wanted to be used, um, but they said they wanted to be like high energy, you know kind of vibe so I I wrote a track and recorded a track that was like very Tang Tangs and I used the lyrics that they gave us and you know what I mean so it's like I'm still pitching I still have to pitch for these opportunities there's not a lot of companies that are going to hire you on faith 
You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So I think that's like more more the area of like a of um, a music like a music house. What would you call? Yeah, it? it's like the Brill Building almost. <laughs> you know, back in the day where yeah. you know you there you have song pluggers. Right, right. You know, and they maybe they're plugging them to sell a song about. I mean, it may not maybe not even be a product, but it's an idea. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a happy song. We need a dance song. We need a waltz. Right. You know, we need this song. We need a Christmas song. You know. Yeah. So I have a um, an agency, a label that I've been working with for like four years, who does all the pitching. And so they'll call me and tell me like if if an ad agency is looking for something specific that I don't have, and then it's my choice whether I feel like inspired by the idea if I want to pitch for something. You know, like. Um, a lot of my songs on my records come from that place. Like I have a song called All Smiles that's on my first record that I actually wrote as a pitch for Dove, like Dove Soap. And it ended up being like one of three songs that they almost used and they didn't use it. And that would have been my first placement. And I was so disappointed because it was like a big payday. But the song's been licensed like eight or nine times. It's been in a couple different international commercial campaigns like it's been used all over the place so that's just a good example if you can let yourself be inspired by what they're asking for then it's a it's a really good opportunity to create something that has a place yeah 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 and it's almost like cutting out the middleman mm-hmm. you know because a lot of you know a lot of bands if they get to a certain level they're going to be approached by or artists bands artists they're going to be approached by companies because you know hey we want to use this in our new volkswagen commercial you know mm-hmm. if nick drake had only been alive you know when they used his his tune for the, the cabriolet commercial um it's cutting out the middleman it's it's making it easier for you to collect revenues as an artist it's making it easier for them to go straight to you instead of having to just find the band and like find some difficult band and then have them change the lyrics to be about soap right or paint yeah, or yeah. whatever <laughs> you know it's already there it's custom made and that's that's something you know i think in our society as the lines have been kind of blurred between commercialism and you could argue about whether this is good or bad all day mm-hmm. but the lines have been blurred you know you see great music in commercials I mean, when I grew up, I mean, it seemed like hokey. It was hokey. Yeah. It was like definitive line. Jingles are over here. Exactly. Cool yeah. songs are over here. And you knew when they were using rock and roll in the Cadillac commercial from Zeppelin. Right. Because right? yeah, yeah. oh, hey, those bastards, that's a Zeppelin song. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and, like you need more money. But now it's like, it's just a big mishmash, you this, know? Like, yeah, this is true. I mean, I personally feel that um, it's definitely been advantageous for me as an artist. Yeah. Because it... It helps me. It helps me as an artist. It also promotes me as an artist when I'm when they're using songs off my records in their advertisements. I mean, it's not like because because that's the misunderstanding I think a lot of people have. It's like, oh, you just write jingles. It's like, no, man, they use songs off my records. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like I've only written one or two jingles, maybe like custom pitches for people, and those don't end up on my records. You know? Yeah. So um, yeah, and it, it it's interesting how things have evolved. I mean, I've been in two well I was in a commercial about a year ago for Glade because they I was working with a a music house at the time who was pitching for their spots and I came in and I sang a couple spots because I'm friends with the guy who runs the the music house and um, they ended up loving the spots and they're like can you send us a picture so I sent them a picture and they're like we would love it if you sang the song in the commercial (laughs) I was like wow this is really weird because I've never aspired to like be on TV or be in people's faces in that way, you know, but I did it and it was a really great experience. And, um, yeah, it's just, I think the key to success now is just being open. It's just being open to those opportunities, you know, and like, sometimes that's scary because your career takes turns that you're not expecting, you know, like, like right now, for instance, like what we were talking about before, uh, days in is, is a great example of this, but they're a brand that has, has been used been using my songs for about three years in their ad campaigns and uh they recently asked me if I would like to be kind of like their spokesperson like be in their commercials because I'm their demographic it's like I'm a young person that travels that doesn't want to spend a bunch of money on hotels and and we sort of have the same core belief that's just about like uh, optimism and value those kind of things and so they approached me and I and I was excited to do it, and they just started airing the commercials. So now it's it's interesting, but but in the actual commercial, I get to say like, "Hi, I'm Jess Penner. I'm a singer songwriter. When I travel, I like to stay at Days Inn, and my my name is on the screen a couple of times. And wow. how awesome is that? It's like a commercial for me, 
that they paid for. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, Mutually beneficial, exactly. I think is what they call that. And you see it all the time. You see like Bon Jovi in an Advil commercial or like, yeah. you know, Beyonce in a commercial for Verizon. It's just a new way t- to promote. And it's so very different. Again, the lines have blurred in this arena too because before when there were four channels, you know, three major networks plus Fox when they showed up, mm-hmm. you know, it was like, okay, these are the hokey commercials. You know, every now and again, you'll get the Zeppelin song on a Cadillac right, commercial. Yeah. But now... You know, commercials are like that Chipotle ad that Willie Nelson sang the Coldplay song in. It's right. art almost. Yeah, totally. And it's on your phone. And it's, you know, it's in bothersome places too, like at the gas pump. Like yeah. I, I was at the gas pump the other day and there's a television screen on the gas pump. I don't need a television at the gas pump. You know, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm insulated. I have to be away from it somewhere. Right. But on the positive side of that, there's all these things are everywhere. You know, little ads pop up on your computer. I mean, computers didn't exist. I mean, all the, it's, it's just, a, it's a wonderful new way to promulgate all these things yes. in the different arenas. Yeah, this is true. I, and I, and I feel like ads have to be more creative and they have to be more artistic because people are so overexposed to media yeah. that it really takes something to connect these days. Yeah. Like it takes going that extra step to make an impression on people to make them remember. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, ad agencies, I mean, they're, they're artists. Yeah. You know? They are. Don Draper. Yeah, exactly. I just watched the latest episode last yeah, night. Yeah, no spoilers. I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> okay, okay so you. let's get a little bit to your music here because, you okay. know, we were talking a lot about getting your music and mm-hmm. making money from music, which is very important. But you're an artist who makes records and tours and performs. That's your main thing, Yes, right? that is my main thing, So, yes. and you've got this record. It's not quite new. I know there's some other stuff you're working on. We were talking mm-hmm. about that. We'll get around to that as well. Um, but this is your most recent record. It's called Growing in the Cold. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to play a track from this so people understand what you're all about. We'll come back. We'll talk more about music and making music and recording music and the, day, the days in and what it's like to get. Do you get free hotel rooms out of this Everybody gig? Everybody asks me that, and the answer is no, because they're, they are a franchise. So each franchise uh. is individually owned. But I can say that I've met a lot of the franchise owners because we played at the Wyndham Convention just like earlier this month in Las Uh Vegas. And so I got to personally meet a lot of them and they gave me their card and said, oh, if you're ever in Cincinnati, if you're ever in Medicine Hat, like come stay, you know, come stay at our hotel. So the short answer is yes and no, I guess. I mean, not, it's not like a corporate policy, but if they recognize me, you know, then I, then I guess that they might offer me a free stay, but I would never ask that of someone. It's not like Jordan and his Nikes. (laughs) No. All right. So this is, uh, we've got Jess Penner. My name is Joe Armstrong. You're listening to Independence Day. Jess Penner, as I said, is our guest tonight. And her song, which is called Everywhere I Go, from her most recent record from just a couple years ago, about a year and a half ago or so. Her record is Growing in the Cold. This is the song Everywhere I Go. You're flying away in a cloud of thunder with tears on my face. I can only wonder how it'll take to forget what I'm feeling Am I ever gonna see you again? The words on my lips that were never spoken The dreams of a kiss that could leave me broken They shadow and haunt me, they keep me awake I should've never let you get away
Kiss dark, you open the hands of your beating heart. Under the stars in the darkest dark, you open the hands of your beating heart. Oh, everywhere I go, all I see is you. And I hope you see me too. Yeah, oh, everywhere I go, all I see is you. And I hope you see me too. I will never forget you. I will never forget. I will never let you go. I will sing to the stars until it reaches your heart. Until all of the angels know. Oh, everywhere I go. Welcome back to Independence Day. I'm Joe Armstrong. We are broadcasting from the campus of Pasadena City College here in beautiful Pasadena, California. Tonight's guest is Jess Penner. She is a singer. She is a songwriter with an amazing voice, very adept guitar playing. And she's actually successful at this, which is such a cool thing to hear. I mean, I have so many musicians in my world who work their patooties off and (laughs) aren't doing terribly well. Most musicians I know have day jobs. You know, and you're doing this full time. Like, how did you? This is such a big question, but I'm I'm kind of asking it open ended, unintentionally. Yeah, yeah. How did you get from there to here? Wow. Um, Well, I started actually um, with a small company who's just run by one guy, who I sent some of my older records to maybe five or six years ago because he was. I, I don't even remember how I got his information. It might have even been like through taxi or something. Yeah, but set the stage though, like before that, like you're a singer songwriter, you're like playing around town. Okay. Like, bef- like before you started like making money doing this okay. kind of thing. Well, like, what I, are you doing? Strapping I actually, around. I actually got signed to my first record deal when I was 15. Okay. Um, I was not typical. No, I was living on a small island in Hawaii, and, and the island is called Kauai. And I was there and um, I was really into rock music. So I was playing lead guitar and writing and singing with this band. And um, we ended up getting signed to a small label in, in Huntington Beach. Okay. And uh, so we made a couple records and we had fun and we came to the mainland to tour. And so from the time the I was mainland. like... The I mainland. I love it. All my Hawaii yeah. friends, that's what, they, that's what they call it. Yeah, yeah. So um, we probably spent like from the time I was 16 to the time I was almost 21 we toured like nine months a year okay how did you balance that with school if you're 15 well, you're still in high school right i was set to graduate at 16 anyways because i started kind of a year early and okay. I, and i was always just a very um good student and so i took a lot of extra credits throughout my high school career and you know so by the time i got to high school or by the time i got to my senior year i only needed like half a credit of english to graduate so i ended up going on tour for the first three quarters of the year and then coming back for the last quarter doing that whatever semester of English and that's then, very impressive yeah and then and then graduating so that's what happened and uh yeah so I did that for a long time and and I, I learned a lot of great lessons because when you're living in a van with four boys you <laughs> you definitely learn a lot about life and people and how to get along and um it was a great experience. What was the name of the band? Oh, it was, I'm, I'm afraid to tell you. <laughs> yeah? Yeah, because it, the music is kind of embarrassing. Oh, but it's part of your story, though. All right. Well, the name of the band was called Spooky Tuesday. And, uh, yeah, it was like th- the most frustrating thing about that band. I mean, I loved I loved my band members. They're like my brothers. They're incredible people. But we just spent so much time touring, and I felt like the music was always an afterthought. Like, it was always like, oh, we need to make another record so we can tour. So we would spend nine months touring and then, like, three weeks writing and recording a record. So we had these records that just sucked. <laughs> and like, yeah. There's no nice way to say it. Like, But um, I think it really helped me build a work ethic. Like, I realized that I don't mind working hard. I have no problem, like, doing what it takes to get something done. And... Um, 
but the biggest lesson I learned from that whole experience was like, I just want to have great music because if you don't have great music, that door is always going to be closed. No matter how hard you work, no matter who you play in front of, the song is what matters. Yeah. It's the song that opens the door to into people's hearts. It's like that's what connects with people. It doesn't matter yeah. how awesome you play guitar or how many like vocal trills you do. It's it's connecting to the person's soul with what you're saying, what your message is. And so after that was over, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to write and record and work in the studio until I can make music that I'm proud of that I feel like tells the story of who I am in a way that people want it. Yeah. be entertained by. So that was really my goal. So we, we after that... I mean, after that, you mean after this band? You after mean? this band. Um, so yeah, so you're done with this band yeah, now. So and then how I old are you at this point? I was 21. 21. 21. So I actually lived on Kauai for a couple more years. And then um, my husband and I, who was a drummer from that band when I was 16... We moved to... So was he like your like de facto high school sweetheart? If no, you were... he actually... We met like three weeks before we went on tour. He wasn't okay. He wasn't my high school sweetheart. No, but I mean like he fills that role in your world because you were 15 years old. Yeah. So you were dating him when you were that age. Yeah. Which is like that kind of... That's kind of like your high school sweetheart yeah, it's person. True, true. Yeah, totally. And we just get along. I mean, he's very... He's like the anti me. Like he, he's super. I mean, I'm a, I'm an even person, but he's just like very calm, and he's a drummer, and he just loves to support what I'm doing. So that's why it works. I think it would be really hard to be with another artist if they did the same thing that I did. Like if I was with another front person, that would be so difficult because yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like there's all this competition. But it's rare. It works every now and again. You yeah, know, you get like your Lennon, your McCartney, your. You know, uh, and of course they butt heads, but like it, it can be a fruitful relationship, right. but it's, there's always tension. Yeah, but it's great because he's a total um, super nerd. Like he's got like a photographic memory. He's so into learning. And so he he's actually the one who uh, engineers and records all our records. And um, he's just got this capacity for learning that is just mind blowing. My mind is a sieve. You know what I mean? I'm uh-huh. all about the creativity. He's all about the tech technicality okay so it, but you balance each other yeah then. it's it's a great situation but we moved to los angeles um actually what had happened was i had um submitted a song for this bmi song competition in hawaii they have this uh, music festival over there called Kauai music festival <laughs> and it's sponsored by bmi and it was the first year they were doing it on Kauai. It's an artist rights organization it provides royalties mm-hmm, yeah, it's like yeah. ascap yes and um so I decided to submit one of the songs we had recorded in our garage at the time called Alaska. And I ended up winning the the grand prize, which was like this killer Dickie Betts red top Les Paul. <laughs> Dickie Betts, member of? Member of, the, the, I don't want to. Almond Brothers. Almond Brothers. <laughs> I'm sorry. See, I was just telling cr- you, my mind is a sieve. Yeah. Um, so anyways, I win this crazy, beautiful guitar. And we also win a... Um, showcase a major label showcase in manhattan my band at the time which which we had started a new band it was kevin and i and we had a bass player named mandy um, and the band was called chandel so we ended up flying out to manhattan later that year and showcasing for like rca records and sony records and all these big record companies um and it was amazing we had a lot of opportunities happen but um that was right before the big mergers in the music industry when like a bunch of record companies closed and, you know, so everything just kind of nothing materialized because it was just really bad timing. A lot of bands got caught in that crossfire. Even major bands got caught in that crossfire. Like, you know, there's the whole, there's the legendary Wilco story, you know, which happened around that time. Yeah. I don't, I don't remember that specifically, but. They made a movie about it. Oh, really? I should watch it. But I was just really grateful that we didn't actually sign any contract before that happened because we would have just been in like purgatory for who knows how long, you know? But, um, and besides that, I just was not ready to, I wasn't ready for success at that point. I don't think I just had too much like fear and I didn't, I wasn't self-confident enough to just be okay with being free and yeah. open with people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's all, it's all good that it happened the way it did, but that experience really just gave us the confidence to know that we should move to LA. Yeah. Like we had something special. We had potential. 
it made sense for us to be in a place where we could actually possibly succeed. Something to build on. Yeah, other than just living on an island in Hawaii. Okay. All right. Yeah. So let's let's stop there because I want you to play some music. Okay. Because I really want to get to this aspect of it. I want to come back and hear more about this story. Okay. okay and want sure. to kind of move things along in time because I'm, I'm really curious to hear about mm-hmm. the rest of the story. Um, but I would love, you know, something. What are you going to play for us? What do you got lined up here? Well, I think it would be cool to play you the first song that. I ever had licensed. Okay. Which is All Smiles. It's the song off the first record, the Jess Penner record. Okay. Um, This is the one that I wrote for a dove pitch. I mean, that was the reason for me writing it, but it's not about that. You'll you'll hear it when you... Okay. You'll you'll realize it when you hear it, but um, I think that'd be a fun way to start because it's kind of starting at the start. Cool. I would love to hear it. Okay. Here we go. Hands full of lemon drops all disappear our lips like children the voices we hear they're all smiles they're all smiles they're all smiles ring through the sky like a bicycle bell light up the stars with the stories we tell we're all smiles we're all smiles We're all smiles Oh, I'd never know it could be such fun, darling You, you're the only one who could take me there Light as the dust through the tips of the trees Tumble like stones till we're torn at the knees We're all smiles, we're all smiles, we're all smiles Oh, I'd never known it could be such fun Darling, you, you're the only one who could take me there? Oh, 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 I'd never know it could be such fun, darling. You, you really know how to shake me up. Na 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 We're all smiles Na 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 Jess Penner on Independence Day. Very, very nice. Thank you. Very, very sweet. Now, so if you're out there in our listening audience and you hear that song and it sounds familiar, it's because it was in the soap commercial, correct? No, it actually didn't get in the oh, soap did? commercial. Oh, that's one that didn't, but you pitched. Yes, okay. I pitched it for the soap commercial, but it didn't get in the soap commercial. But it, did it wind up somewhere else? It's Yes, so, it's actually been in a commercial for Payless Shoes. Okay, so you, that's what I mean. It's, yeah. it's, it's familiar. Maybe it's ended soap. up in a lot of places, actually, yeah. The season finale of Keeping Up with the Kardashians, if you're into that thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I'm not going to ask you actual numbers, but I, I, the, I'm out there in the ether. It's like, I got to wonder, like, what on earth does it pay to get a song? And you know, I'm not looking for an actual yeah, number. You don't okay, have to tell okay. me. But, like, I mean, it's just in my mind. I'm like, good. what on earth does that pay? You know what? It you varies know? so much. It's yeah. totally. And I don't even know, like, how they decide, like, wh- when a song is worth how much and when, when it's worth less. I mean, I have no idea how it works. That's why... I have people that do it for me, you know, that, that that's their specialty. Yeah. But it's cr- like, I mean, it can be crazy, crazy money. Like, I, I can, I mean, I can talk about someone else's story, I guess. But basically, I remember we, we got an offer for this song. Um, I don't know. Should I talk about it? You, I'm not looking, like, I'm, I didn't yeah. set this up to, like, get actual numbers. All right, I should, but I you should. can, you know, <laughs> like... like 
let's see how how can we address this tastefully yeah like, like in the neighborhood of five figures in the neighborhood of four figures in the upper fives you know like, like you, oh you, sometimes you, it's over six yeah yeah for one song yes for one campaign for mm. one song that's a good deal i mean it's not like i'm in the wrong line yeah of work. it's it's not like typical for it to be that yeah but yeah. it happens i mean like yeah, I mean, I know that there have been times when I actually heard a story from one of the guys from my record label who was talking about this older band from the 70s who who had, they were like a one-hit wonder. They had this one song, and Subway wanted to use it, or a brand, okay, I shouldn't even talk about brands. A brand wanted to use it in their commercial. <laughs> a brand that might have been Subway. So they, they uh, yeah, maybe, maybe not. So they called the publisher to see... Um, what the fee would be like if they wanted to use this song and the publisher said a million dollars like we won't do it for a dollar less than a million dollars and of course it was for like a PSA it wasn't even like a a commercial about selling something it was like featured thing yeah and so they're like well we can't do that the most we can do is like half a million dollars right so the publisher's like no way I can't accept that I'm not going to take it and um turns out they found something else they used it for substantially less money. Uh-huh. And then the publisher called back and said, so what happened with, with that song that you wanted to use? Are you still interested? And they're like, well, no, we, we told you that our budget was 500 grand and you wouldn't take less than a million. And uh, so I guess she, she still wanted to negotiate with these people. But the moral of the story is like, I would be pissed off if I was in a band <laughs> that hadn't done anything, that hadn't been active for 40 years yeah. and my publisher turned down a deal Time for a new publisher. For like half a million dollars. I'm like, what the heck are you, like, are you serious? Yeah. But I know, I mean, we're talking about like major label deals and yeah. what they make. I mean, yeah, that's I, not like relevant to my situation. It's just an interesting yeah. story. You know? Yeah. I have some friends, you know, I, I, I can talk about money without names. That's yeah, how yeah. I, do. I have friends here in LA who've met, I've talked to them about this and mm-hmm. they've made, you know, they've had, you know, songs in car commercials. Oh yeah. And they made, you know, as a band, they might've made like 2,500 bucks, you know, which in some respects is respectable and except for the fact that there's five of them. Yeah, that's and you know, and it's it's not that much really when it comes down no. to this. If like if it's just you in your bedroom, I mean, you know, that's like if you have any respectable like any decent paying job at all, that's right. like, you know, I don't know, a month's salary. Yeah, that's you know, it's really not that much. I th- I think it I have a lot of compassion for people who who have actual legitimate bands that they like they're part of a band of people that are yeah. like five or six people i mean it just takes so many more resources to make that happen yeah you know? the overhead is yeah, so I, I much can't. higher you know and i i just what i did for years and years and years i always wanted to have like a band a band every time when i was in chicago playing when i was out here playing mm-hmm. i wanted to have a band and i always had the same guys but then like when when it came down to the nitty-gritty like the only person who was willing to risk the kinds of things that i was willing to risk was me Right. So, yeah. you know, so every time it wound up being Joe Armstrong. Yeah, yeah. You know, because like they, they gave their sw- blood, sweat, and tears, but I gave blood, sweat, tears, bones, and money. Lack of money. <laughs> yeah. You know, I driving crappy cars, mm-hmm. do work in crappy day jobs. Right, you know, none yeah. of them were doing that. So when it came down to it, it's like, well, okay, if I'm taking the lion's share of the risk, it's going to be my name on exactly. the marquee because I'm going to come out of this. I need to come out of this with something. Right. You know, whereas if it's just this, I mean, it's not an ego thing as much as it is a branding thing. Yeah. And it's a fairness thing, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's And, and I think that is a really hard struggle that a lot of bands face. I mean, luckily for me, I don't have that situation. I, Like I said, my husband's my drummer. And yeah. so we, like everything, you know, we're business partners, so everything we do, we share. Um, but I, I, I have no, I mean, I just, I've, I have a lot of heart for bands that are out there trying to make it yeah it's harder than it ever has been yeah you know because now look at gas you know gas is through the roof you can't just like you know once upon a time you could kind of be out on the road in your ford O'Connell line yeah. gas wasn't that expensive oh my goodness. you make 50 bucks a show uh-huh. enough to make you know a little bit of food and get to the next town right you could do that because you could fill up the van for 20 bucks exactly yeah. you know now i mean you can't fill up a van for 20 bucks it's easy 80 bucks 100 bucks oh, yeah i remember easy. we had a van up until like we had you know like a Dodge Ram or whatever up until a few years ago when we were still playing out a lot and um, it was like over $100 to fill it up 
because it's yeah. a thirty-three gallon tank. So you got to think if it's if it's four bucks a gallon, it's yeah. like one hundred and thirty bucks. Yeah, things have changed, man. I mean, I had yeah. friends, man, I, I, really close friends of mine, bands back in Chicago. Like they had a band in college, and they would tour around the college circuit a little bit. But these mm-hmm. guys were f- somewhat well to do. So like. They had this whole elaborate thing where they had like a box truck. It wasn't even a van, mm. like a box truck. And they built a false wall in it. <laughs> and then they put literally Barca lounger chairs, bolted them to the floor and like behind the cab. It's illegal to do this. Right. But so they could like have this like room to hang out in and and then like the cab. And then they had a false wall and then all their gear went in the back. But like they were making payments on a box truck. You know, think about that. I mean, this was a while ago. But yeah, that's... Intense. Things and, have changed. And that's the thing about touring, too. I mean, you can't have, like, an unreliable vehicle. Yeah. You need to have a decent vehicle. On the flip side, and again, on the positive side of this, I know a guy who went to South by Southwest last year in a Prius with his three-piece band. Yeah, I know people who do that, too. You know, three dudes Yeah. and their gear and their clothes. I have no idea how they did it, you know? Yeah, I don't know either. I mean, I know they make these funky little plastic trailers you can pull behind yeah. your car, like pods. If I'm not you even want sure to. they did that. <laughs> they you know? just sat on. They just sat on everything. Anyway, how about some more music? All right, how cool. Some more music. We'll we'll try to we'll get some more st- stuff in here with Jess Penner about okay. what she's up to and what how, how you make money in this business. I'm so curious. Yeah. Well. All right. So, all right, so what what is this going to be all about? Uh, this next. Okay, so play another song. Yes, please. Okay, this next song is called "Let Go." And it's actually kind of a song about self-discovery because um, I did work really hard for a really long time um, and struggled, you know? It's like when you're trying to do this legitimately, you just think like there's always this doubt in your mind, like how much longer am I going to devote to this? Like how yeah. much how much more of my future am I willing to risk, mm-hmm. you know? I think especially because a lot of artists are really self-motivated. We're self-driven people. We're creative people. We like to have goals, and we like to reach those goals. And so I think um, when you've been doing it for a while, you just ask yourself these questions like, can I believe that this – like, is this still my dream? Yeah. Like, is this still tangible? And they're less defined goals. When you're yeah. a lawyer, you pass the bar. Exactly, You're yeah. a lawyer. Maybe then you have to get a job, but you're a lawyer exactly, whether you get a job yeah. or not. As a musician, it's like, where where's that line? Right. We don't have, like, the tangible um, rewards, I think, that yeah. the obvious – the obvious like um, points in our lives when we can say like, yeah, this is working. Right. I'm succeeding. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And um, so for a long time, I was afraid to believe that it would ever happen for me. Like it was sort of like, well, I think it's, I think it's going to happen, but I don't want to say for sure that it will because if I do and it doesn't, then I'm a failure. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then there was also a lot of, I think there's a lot of things that are tied to success that we don't necessarily think about, but it's like, I remember when I got my first big placement, which was All Smiles. It was actually in Italy. and um, Their money's green, too. Here. It is. It's actually euros, so it's yeah. it's better. <laughs> but um, I remember thinking, like, oh, my goodness, this is happening. What if what if Saturday Night Live calls and wants me on? And that just, like, not, I mean, that's not obviously not, like, a tangible goal at that point in my career. But I just thought all of a sudden that this is possible. Yeah. My songs are there. Like, the door is open. And I was terrified, like, to think about, am I ready for this? Yeah. And then all these insecurities, like, people are going to see me. Am I skinny enough? Like, <laughs> like, should I dye my hair or whatever? You know, it's like you yeah. think all these things start to flood you. Like, when you think that you're actually going to be in front of people to be judged, like, it can be a very scary experience. And um, so I kind of had to work through that. And I think the second record is very reflective of that. It's sort of like me coming to peace with who I am as a person and and um, being okay with letting people in. You know what I mean? Because there's always this big fear. Like when you're honest with people, you're available to be hurt. Mm-hmm. And so I think a lot of times like it's easier to write a song that's speculative or um, whatever that's distant from your true beliefs because you're not really risking anything when you do that, you know? It has to be real. Yeah, and so um, this next song, Let Go, is just kind of about realizing that, like, I'm ready, like, I'm enough in this moment, like, to embrace it because it's, it's you're there. Okay. Let it go, you know right. what I mean? Right. So, um, yeah, that's what the song's about. Are we Or are we not Hanging like icicles from the rooftops We are growing in the cold 
Taking shape and taking hold Because this is our time now I know That things are so Different than you Imagine But you imagine So don't stop now Because we're gonna see the dream before we drop, 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 drop down. Drop, 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 drop down. Drop, 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 drop down. Oh. Like you crack your face with a smile If you forget yourself for a while The world might crumble in Jess Penner. We are very proud to have her here tonight. She's a singer-songwriter. She's based here in Southern California, but you've been all over. Yes, I have. Yeah, the privilege. Yes. How you know? How much time are you spending on the road these days? With so much of your work being focused on like placements. Not very much. I mean, it's something that I'm trying to get back into because I definitely, I feel like there's this disconnect between people who have been exposed to my music and people who who know who I am. I mean, that sounds like a very like vain thing to say, but I guess um, it's just par- part of my personality to just hate like missed opportunities. And I feel like I want to be able to um, get to know the people who like my music, who listen to my music. How, much, uh, how much do you interact with them like on like Facebook or Twitter? Because or, that's a, it's a, it's a yeah. wall that's been torn down. Oh, yeah, as much as people want to interact with me. I mean, I, I respond to like every... I try to respond to every tweet, every message um, people have, or it, you know, if they if they mention me in a tweet, I try to say like, "Thank you so much." Yeah, I really appreciate your support. And you who know? who manages like your web presence? Because that's like almost like a full time job. Me, <laughs> actually, me. <laughs> oh, and I do not envy you. My in terms lovely of that. assistant slash manager Julianne, who's sitting in the other uh-huh. room right now. Um, she's actually. You know, she's actually been helping me a lot, and it's it's difficult because I feel like that's the other thing about being an artist these days is there's so much work. Like, yeah. we don't have these. I kept thinking, like, someday I'll get to the place where I'm successful, and then I'll have these people to help me do things. Like, I'll have someone doing my website. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And whatever, like, doing doing vlogs that I can upload, you know? But it's like, no, it's all me. I still have to be the one to say, like, I need a T-shirt design. I need a graphic artist. I need yeah. to approve this art. I need to find a place to manufacture it. I, You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it's never ending. There's just, 
every single day there's something that I should be doing. And right. I think that's the most difficult part is how do you stay creative? How do you continue to like create when you're so distracted by the business yeah. of it all? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's again, it's like a full time job. Yeah, it totally At what is. point, you know, did you did you realize like, hey, I, you know, I I need professional help. Like, what time? At what point? How long have you had management in that case? And are you? This is an ancillary question, but are you on a label? Are you? And do you get support from them as well? Well, that's a tricky question. Um, but I'm currently not signed to a label. It matters less than it ever did. Yeah, and the 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 reason is like the company that I work with position. They're amazing people. I love them. We're like family. Um, All the deals that they've done with me have been project-based deals. So it'll be like, you know, they'll give me an advance for 12 songs or whatever. And for that advance, they want, they want like part of the publishing and they want part of the master, you know? So it's kind of like, it's a great situation because financially um, they're taking a risk, which means that they have a reason to back into what I'm doing but their main thing is licensing so um, I'm really lucky in the sense that they rep my entire record to mm-hmm. companies like okay. you know so like a lot of artists that they, they might have like two or three songs with a company and two or three songs with another company but I've pretty much only exclusively worked with them and it's really been beneficial because people know that if they want something of mine they're going to be able to get it at position um so, but that's pretty much the scope of what they do. Like, so essentially, they're a diff, They're like an advertising company that works. They're playing the function yes. in your life as a record label. So, but they're kind of except they don't really. They're they don't function traditionally in the record label sense. Like they're not really interested in distribution or right. Like, but they're advancing you money though. Yeah, they are. They are advancing me money, but most of that is for publishing. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know, so it's like a publishing deal. And okay. and the thing about it is like because so much of my music. So much of my income is licensing. They would get that cut whether I had a publishing deal with them or not. Because okay. normally in a typical licensing situation, it's like even if it's non-exclusive or even if it's exclusive, they're going to get half of whatever fee uh-huh. they get, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's actually a little bit financially more beneficial to me for them to be my co-publisher. Okay. Because then I actually I get a little bit better percentage. So this is a random question, but mm-hmm. like in your like the paydays you're getting from mm-hmm. this group, like is this like a one-time like here's x number of dollars or is this something that you get do you get like a paycheck? Like oh like a weekly, monthly, yeah, bi-monthly, get, 6 months. Like how do you have I everything set up? I get paid quarterly. Okay. Yeah. And um and then you know like BMI statements come quarterly. So that's yeah. pretty cool too. Like, it would be so hard for me not to run out and buy like a D45 Martin <laughs> every quarter or some yeah. something crazy like that. Yeah, um I I feel like that is starting to taper off like uh-huh. especially because we own a studio and it's yeah. like a pretty legitimate studio. I mean, we have like a lot of really nice gear and and um there's always that temptation like, well, let's go buy U87. Yeah. Let's buy a Neve console. Like a that's, Neve, uh, that's 1073 Mike yeah. Pre, and uh, these, this is to, this is total like this is yeah. tech porn here. Yeah, and so my husband's totally. I mean, he's such a gear, like what do they call it? A gearhead. Gearhead. He, yeah. he has um gas gear acquisition gear syndrome. Gear acquisition syndrome. Yes, so I know this very well. He has real bad gas, um, so we're always like upgrading, and we spend a lot of the money that we make. Um, reinvesting in the studio because we've gotten to the point where we can like we actually we actually have money like that we can decide what to do with yeah <laughs> which is a crazy thing and a, an amazing thing to be in that place but um I feel like probably most of our our money gets reinvested to the studio but I feel like that's starting to taper off and we're yeah. starting to think like okay now that now that our business is secure and we have like a killer studio and we don't need to make it any better than it is uh-huh. like what are some tangible ways to be smart about our money you know yeah yeah I, I, okay so I, <laughs> I have a funny question and I want you to play another song if okay, that's okay. cool because um, I always think about this like there's that story of like David Gilmour when he joined Pink Floyd back in 60 whatever like he'd been lusting after this black Stratocaster in this store window because you know he knew those guys but wasn't playing with them mm-hmm. and then when like he became a member of the band and he got a big pile of money he went up and he bought that Stratocaster right right so what is it you know, like when you first got your big, like your first big advance or your uh-huh. first big payday for this, was there was there a specific item like a jet ski or a set of <laughs> Fiesta wear or whatever it was in your world that like you've been kind of like thinking about? Like, what was it? And then did you buy it or did was there something else? Like, how did that play out? This is going to be really funny to you. Yes. And it was as simple as 
a set of sheets <laughs> that fit my bed properly yeah. and matched. And <laughs> this is embarrassing, but I'm going to tell you, like a matching bra and underwear. Uh-huh. You know, like that always seemed like such like a luxury item to me. I mean, hypothetically, I can relate. <laughs> I don't, you know, my oh. underwear doesn't match anything. <gasps> right. You know. That seemed like such a like. It's an extravagance. Yeah. When you're, like, when oh, you're, when so you're scrapping around, that's a big, that's a like, extravagance. Like I have a bra and an underwear that matches. That's ridiculous. Yeah. That's like. Dare to I'm dream, living high right? life, you know, <laughs> like. So honestly, I mean, that's a really funny thing to say, but I grew up like pretty, um, in pretty humble circumstances, you know. Yeah. So I really appreciate. I mean, I remember, like, even when we moved to LA, I would stand in the in the grocery in the aisle at the, at the drugstore, and I'd be like, "Okay, can I afford the four dollar shampoo, or do I yeah. need to like buy the ninety nine cent shampoo?" I call it the Snickers rule. <laughs> you know, like when I've had great income in my life, yeah. there's been times when I had great good income, and it was like. I'm not even, it's not even that I like Snickers. It's that there were periods in my life where if I was standing in line at the gas station buying or paying for my gas or I was at, at Ralph's checking out my groceries, if I saw something as trivial and as frivolous as a Snickers, I didn't even have to think about whether or not I wanted, I could afford the Snickers. Yeah, yeah. You know, I didn't have to like skimp on something else like guitar strings right. or like my internet bill or whatever. Yeah. I could just buy the Snickers. I could buy the whole box of Snickers, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and that was kind of like, that's my little rule. And it kind of, it gives you credence or it gives you um it helps you understand a little bit like someone like dolly parton or loretta lynn like when they grow up dirt poor mm-hmm. in the holler and then when they get this great wealth they go bananas yeah, yeah. kind of helps you appreciate that a little bit i think it does and i definitely don't want to i want to be a good steward of whatever i have at any given time like whether it's an opportunity or money or a relationship with someone like i just want to make sure that i always am smart about the decisions i make because yeah. i do know it's like this this isn't like having a, like what we were talking about before, a typical career where it's like once you reach that level, you just kind of sit back and maintain. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like I have no idea what the future is for me or or um, I don't even know like what my tangible goals should be at this point because yeah. the options are so plentiful. It's yeah, like yeah. where do we focus, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get another song in because we're running in just a wee short on okay. time and I want you to get at least one, maybe we'll sneak two songs in before we're under the wire here. Okay. So let's, let's pick a tune and then bang it out for us. What's this going to be? Okay, this song is called um, A Little Bit Crazy. It's off my first record, Love, Love, Love. Wonderful. And yeah, lots of people say that, that this is about them. So I think that's a good sign. When people think that the song is about them, they can identify. So here it is. I am not the easiest girl to love. I get as scattered as the clouds in the sky. And I like to change my mind. And I'll ask you what you're thinking like a hundred thousand times. And you... You're not the prince that I imagined Not tall and dark, but you are handsome And you help me with the dishes But you wake me up too early And we popcorn in your bridges, yeah We, we make a good team You make me a little bit crazy I make you a little crazy too So let's just call it even this time sky and there on the horizon was a lonely little kite tied to a string and I, I just had to know whose hands were at the end of that rope I watched the little kite and I drove and ended up right here in your arms yeah, you make me a little bit crazy, I make you a crazy too so let's just call it even this time you make 
to play there too I'd rather have an itch to scratch than be all numb and bored And you would rather pick a fight than live your life ignore all You'd rather be ridiculous than stuck up all meticulous So perfectly imperfect aren't we? I like how your songs end. You leave a lot of them just kind of hanging there. I which do. is which yeah. is a cool thing. I love doing that. You know, okay. my other favorite thing is just to, to put the last line, the very first line of the song, put it last oh, again. I do that too. Or sing uh, the first verse again yeah. at the end. I of do the that song. too. I, yeah. I, I mean, I see that's the thing. Like we could talk inside baseball. We could have talked for six hours just about like the mechanics of yeah, songwriting. Yeah. It's one of my favorite things in the world. Like who, you know, I, I want you, uh, I want you to answer this question, but then I really want to get to another song. Okay. We have just about enough time to talk about this for a minute okay, and then get cool. to another tune. But like, who was it? You know, you're obviously an adept songwriter. Like, you know your way around a song. Bridge, middle, eight, this, this, double, that, tag, this, coda. Like, who was it that you studied? You know, I mean, not, maybe not exactly like sat down and like diagram, but like, who, like, do you, do you study when you think about a song, like growing up, like when you think of a great songwriter who you think, oh, wow, that guy really, or that girl really knows how to put a song together. Who comes to mind? Man, you know what? I'm going to say that my favorite songwriter is probably Jim Atkins from Jimmy Eat World. Interesting. That's it's not a, a, a an answer I would have expected. Yeah, I think just because I'm I'm really I'm really drawn to like the tension in his okay. lyrics and and um, even in the music, I just feel like it's like this desire. It's like you it, he communicates like this longing that's so attractive to me as a person. Um. But yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of been like piecemeal over the years. Like, I'll, there'll be a song that strikes me, and I'm really open to everything. Like, I love, I listened to a ton of Bob Marley when I was growing up in Hawaii. I mean, everybody listens to New documentary to Bob. about Marley out. Oh, really? Playing should... in Pasadena this week. Oh, cool. So, yeah, I mean, I think um, for me, it's more, less, less about specific artists and more about specific songs. Like, okay. when I find a song that really affects me, then I study it. I'm like, yeah. why am I so attracted to this? Like, what in it do I connect to? You know, and and that's really the way that I break it down. Like, I remember even in the beginning when I was starting to write songs, some of the exercises I would do would be like, take one of my favorite songs and rewrite all the lyrics, you know, and then rewrite the chords and the melody under those lyrics. Okay, just to kind of like give yourself a structure that you know works. Yeah, structure is big in your world. It, it seems. is. Yeah. I think because I have so little control over yeah. like most of my life because yeah. I like I can be available to write, I can be available to have my butt in the chair and like make things yeah. happen, but beyond that point like I have no control whether what I do succeeds or yeah. fails. I think it's a common trait in songwriters. Yeah. This like this like you need to have some kind of framework, which is why I'm always so impressed when you get like like Pink Floyd as Dark Side of the Moon where it's like you have no idea yeah. where all that like it has structure but yet not and it's all tied together but yet not and it's just you know it winds up being a work of art right. you know, pet sounds or sergeant pepper or you know these 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 seminal albums yeah you know anyway uh, let's 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 digress from that cuz okay. i want to talk how about some more music okay. let's get in one more tune in before uh, before we have to get you on out of here like i said i, I could talk to you all night we could probably spend the rest of the evening all right. just, just <laughs> rambling about every conceivable notion about music and songwriting and sure. making records yeah i like to talk you probably noticed as do i Okay, so this song is called The Lucky One. It's off my newest record, Growing in the Cold. We go spinning through the dark Like fireflies are burning hearts They light up the night Whisper something in my ear Your breath feels hot like summer air The words come out right You're getting closer You're almost there Feel myself floating into the air I'm the lucky one I'm a lucky, lucky one Just to be with you Just to be with you I'm the lucky one I'm a lucky, lucky one Just to be with you 
get lost among the leaves and share our secrets with the trees that promise not to tell. Golden stars and silver bark that glitter softly in the dark. I'm under your spell. You're getting closer, too close to miss. And if you catch me, I'll have my wish. I'm the lucky one. I'm the lucky, lucky one, just to be with you. Just to be with you. I'm the lucky one. I'm the lucky, lucky one, just to be with you. Maybe we could live forever this way if we tried. Outrun the sun, we could stay under cover all night. I don't need anything more when you're here by my side. I'm the lucky, lucky one, just to be with you. Just to be with you. I'm the lucky one. I'm the lucky, lucky one, just to be with you. Just to be with you. That is another fantastic song by Jess Penner. She's a California, Southern California-based singer-songwriter, born in Hawaii, done well here in California. And uh, you've got, if people want to hear about you, you've got a couple websites that I know of at least. I do, yeah. You've got the JessPenner.com, mm-hmm. and it's just pretty traditional spelling, J-E-S-S-P-E-N-N-E-R.com. Yes, right. mm-hmm. Also, you've got Facebook.com, Jess Penner, for the Facebook yep. thing there. And you're on the Twitter. I don't know what your Twitter is. I'm on Twitter. Twitter, same thing. Twitter.com slash Jess Penner. Slash Jess Penner. Okay. And you've got so you've got at least two shows I know of coming up. I do, yeah. One of which is with, is with our friend Andrea Hamilton, also an Independence Day artist. Mm-hmm. You're playing full band sets at Underground's Coffee Shop. That's Newhall Ranch Road, Valencia, California. And for like a moron, I don't have a date on here. I copied this right off it's your this website. It's Friday. It's this Friday, Friday, the 27th. Okay. Um, the show starts at 8. It'll be from 8. To about 9.30, Cool. So save your tax dollars if yeah. you get your tax return because the show is free. It's free. And also um, the coffee house is by donation only. And, and the donations benefit like I think orphanages in Kenya or something like that. Oh, my. It's a wonderful so thing. So even I think even the coffee that you get, I don't know if you get to write it off. Maybe not because you're getting, you're getting something in return. But Everybody wins. Yeah. It's great. It's a great place. It's a great venue. The sound is good. Um, Which is rare. Yeah, It's rare. It's comfortable. They have like couches and cool places to hang and excellent coffee cool and that's 8 p.m this friday all ages show free at the Mm -hmm. underground's coffee shop in valencia you can probably find information about that as we said at jesspenner.com also in brand new show you just found out oc fair august 3rd that's right it sounds like it's a long way off but it really isn't man Mm -hmm. the older you get the faster life moves (laughs) so and we'll be hearing from you we'll be seeing you on our televisions right the days in uh the days in thing yeah you if you watch tv you'll you'll see me I guess. It's a beautiful thing. We know. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing, you know? It's, it is awesome, yes. Anyway, so I can't thank you enough for coming and sharing your music with us and my listeners here on, on my show. Um, and please keep in touch. Let me know what you're up to. We'd love to have you back I someday will. when you have a new record. Tell me what's coming up in the future here for you. Okay, I have two uh, side projects that are getting released sometime this year. Um, one is a indie rock trio. I'm going Power back trio. To my Roots. Uh, yeah, it's called We Cry Diamonds. And there's a single on iTunes right now called Oh My, 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 Oh. Um, basically, it's just like really raw, fun rock. Uh, the story behind that Feedback, band, I hope? Um, a little bit, yeah. But the story behind that is that um, we didn't spend more than one day on any song from starting of the writing the song to mixing it that, that day. We didn't spend any more than 24 hours. So the songs are all very spontaneous. They're all just like what came to us first um not a lot of second guessing but they're just really fun like tongue-in-cheek high energy sassy kind of songs and that'll be out when 
Um, we haven't really decided, but I'm thinking it's going to be soon because there are some things in the works with that where we'll want to have the songs available. So pretty soon. I'm going to say summertime. Okay. Yeah. And summertime is right around the corner. Yeah, it is. And then I have another side project with a producer and um, artist from New York City called Astoria Kings. And it's kind of like electro pop. It's dance rock, sort of like Dragonette okay. or, you know, something like that. Yeah. And um, that was a ton of fun. And uh, that record will be probably released in the summer as well. Cool. So you've got a lot of stuff coming out. Yeah. It's wonderful. We love to hear it. Like I said, make sure we're, we're, we're aware of these things. I will. Yeah. We'd love to, we'd love to keep track of our, uh, of our guests and friends we've had on the show here. So again, thank you very much, Jess Penner. It was wonderful learning about you and your music. Please stay in touch, okay? Thank you so much, Joe. Also, thank you to the Independence Day staff, Dale Tanksley and Wayne Topinski, and as always, to Valentina Rivera from Lancer Radio. For Independence Day, I'm Joe Armstrong. Please be good to one another.